We're glad you're joining us for a new beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast supported by Harvest Partners. Get more encouraging audio content when you subscribe to Pastor Greg's daily devos. Learn more and sign up at harvest.org. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie's wife, Kathy, has comments on the need for male spiritual leadership in the home. I think the situation in society and in culture today is kind of upside down. We have men who are unwilling to take the leadership role. As a result, women become hyper controlling. When there's a leadership vacuum, they'll step in. And then you have this total imbalance, and that is unscriptural and biblical. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. No one knows an invention better than the inventor himself. No one ever heard Alexander Graham Bell say, Excuse me, would someone show me how to work this phone? When God created the family, He had in mind how the family works best. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us explore God's plan for families as he continues his series, Home Sweet Home. We'll discover more harmony in the home when we live in harmony with God's will. Let's get started. Let's grab our Bibles. We're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. And the title of my message is How to Get a New Husband. Now, in my last message, I focused my remarks toward men. And in this message, I'm going to direct my remarks more toward the ladies here. And at the end of my message, my wife Kathy is going to come out. We're going to have a discussion about some of these things. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, but the title of the message, as I mentioned, is How to Get a New Husband. Now, Madison Avenue discovered years ago that the way to sell a product that's lagging a bit is to put the words new and improved on it. Now, it may be that the only thing that is new and improved about that product is the logo or the color or one extra ingredient that has no real effect, but just so they can technically say it's new and improved. Because there's something in us that wants the newest, we want the freshest, we want the fastest, we want the latest version of it. Sort of like if you ever buy a new car or truck. First of all, there's that new car smell. It's just so amazing because everything is so clean. And as you bought that car, you made a vow. I'm gonna take care of this car. There will not be one dent in this car. This car will be washed every week. No, every day I will wash this car and I will take it in for regular maintenance and I'll keep it in perfect running order. And 30 years later, it'll still be on the road. I'm gonna make it into a classic. Well, then there was that first family vacation. And if you have kids, forget about it. You know, now the first dent, now the second dent, now there's dents and dents and, and you haven't been taking it down for regular maintenance and now you're having some problems with it and you know, it just isn't what it used to be. And then you just saw the latest model of your car cruise down the street and you went, oh. So you go down to the car dealer now and now you're looking at the new model and you trade in your old junker for the latest version. Marriages can be like this. 
On the day you were married, you stated your vows. I take you for better or for worse, for richer and for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part. And you meant every word of those vows, didn't you? But as time passed, you neglected the maintenance of your marriage. You didn't keep it tuned up. It began to sputter. It wasn't headed for being a classic. It was looking more like a junker. Then that new model caught your eye. That sensitive guy who actually listened to what you had to say, girls. And you thought, hmm, you're trying to thought on first size. Maybe I'll trade my spouse in on this person. Well, this is what we never want to do. So I want to talk today about how to get a new husband. Now, if you're thinking this means you're going to dump your husband, sorry, that's not the point. This is about helping your husband be new and improved. So you're saying, well, shouldn't you be directing your remarks toward the men? No, actually, I need to direct my remarks toward you today, ladies, because there's a very key role that you can play in all of this if we do it God's way. But before you can turn your husband into a new man, maybe some of you ladies need to think about becoming a new woman. Some women work so hard to make good husbands, they never manage to make good wives. So let's see what the scripture has to say about the role of the woman and specifically the wife in marriage. First Peter 3, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way, for this particular portion. Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, even those who refuse to accept the good news. Your godly lies will speak to them better than any words. They'll be won over by watching your pure godly behavior. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. We'll stop there. What do we learn here about getting a new husband? Point number one. Be the best version of you that you can be. Be the best version of you that you can be. Now first and foremost for a girl, you want to be godly. You want to become a virtuous woman. I hope you've read Proverbs 31, but if you haven't, go read that later. And it tells you all about what a woman of virtue looks like. There's something very special about a godly girl. Number two, respect your man. Ephesians 5.33 says, Let each one of you men in particular love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Ladies, do you respect your husband? Listen to this. Wives need love and husbands need respect. That's not to say that husbands don't need love and wives don't need respect. But it is to say Scripture very specifically says to wives, Respect your husband and very specifically says to husbands, love your wives. So I think we should pay attention to that. Point number three, submit to the leadership of your husband. Now this is not in any way to suggest that a man is superior and a woman is inferior. It is to say rather they belong to each other. Therefore when God calls a woman to submit to the leadership of the man, he's not saying she's any less than a man because she isn't. Showing men of equal, men and women have equal standing before God, Paul writes in Galatians 3.28, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, listen, male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. 
So though there is no difference between men and women in the nature of their salvation and standing with God, there is a structure of authority that God has set in the marriage. Now, I know it's easier to submit to godly leadership. If your husband is loving you as Christ loves the church, it's really not that hard to follow because he's putting you first. But on the other hand, sometimes you find yourself in a marriage with a man that is not godly at all. Maybe he professes faith, but he doesn't really lead as he ought to spiritually. Maybe you found yourself in a marriage to a non-believer. So what should you do? Because I've heard Christian girls come up to me and say, you know, Greg, I think the Lord's telling me to divorce my heathen husband. And he said to me the other day, go marry the cute guy you saw at church last week. No, you know what? God didn't say that. How do you know what God didn't say? Because here's what he says in this word. If you're married to a non-believer, don't leave him, but try to win him without a word. Are you saying I should still submit to the leadership of a husband who isn't a Christian? The answer is a qualified yes. A qualified yes. And by that I mean, yes you are to let him be the leader in the relationship, but not if he would tell you to do something that is outside of the will of God. Illustration. Let's say your husband said to you, the Christian wife, I don't want you to go to church on Sunday anymore. No more church. Just stay home with me on Sunday mornings and watch me sleep in my lazy boy recliner. What should you do? Why don't you stay home and submit? No, no, no. Say, honey, I love you. I'm making a nice breakfast and then I'm going to church with the kids and we'll see you when we get back. And yeah, you need to think of your own spiritual life. So that's a situation where you would not submit to that leadership. Let's say the husband asked you to do something that was immoral or it was illegal. No, you're not required to submit to that. Let's say the husband is hitting you. No, you're not required to submit to that. Understand what this means. Because there are times when a higher law supersedes a lower one. And though God has established a family structure of the husband as the head and the wife in a submissive role, he has also established the fact that he is over all. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment as his wife Kathy joins him. We really enjoy hearing when Pastor Greg's teaching and preaching touches lives. Pastor Greg, I came across your YouTube channel this past Friday. I spent most of the weekend listening to your messages. I'm now listening to your podcast, and I can't tell you how great it is to have found you. I love your messages, and they are helping me daily with my understanding of Christ and the Bible. I would say I've been a Christian for most of my life, but I've found it hard to let go of the world and my selfish desires. At 51 years of age, I'm finally understanding what it means to have a relationship with Christ. I'm married, I have two children who just graduated from high school, and I also desire for my wife and kids to dial into your messages because they need it too. Thank you so much for all you're doing. It's a blessing to know that listeners are hearing these messages and God is using His Word to touch individuals and families. How have Pastor Greg's studies impacted your life? Would you let them know? Drop an email to greg at harvest.org. That's greg at harvest.org. Well, back to our study now. Pastor Greg and his wife dialogue on the Bible's counsel to Christian women. Now let's hear from the beautiful Catherine Laurie as she comes out. 
Hello, everybody. Okay, um, Kathy, guys, we're mystified by girls. You know, I said to you last time, do you think girls, I said this on the fly, and I loved your response, so I'll repeat the question. Do you think that guys are kind of like dogs and girls are kind of like cats? Understand where I'm going. A dog, you know, where you stand with a dog, you know, cats are mystical and, and they leave you and they come back and they lick you and they don't talk to you. And, you know, where, what is it, you know, look, and then you had an interesting answer to that. Am I buying this? You had an interesting answer to that really okay. stupid question. Well, I think it's very interesting because women are interdependent. Um, and guys are more independent. I mean, that's just, you know, in culture, that's guys, you know, they go out, they venture out, they get their jobs, their world is out there, they kind of independently move. Whereas women, I think we're a little more complicated. Yeah. I think just the fact... Understatement of the year. Way more complicated. Uh, just our bodies are more complicated. Yeah. Our, our, our minds, our emotions are more complicated, mm. for sure. Um, and... We have strengths that guys don't have. And even though we are interdependent, we have social life for a woman is very important. Our friendships are very important. Our relationships with our children are very important. We're more interconnected. And that's why I say women are more like dogs and men are more like cats. You heard because it here. Dogs are, they're, they're, they're a pack animal. They, yeah. They're familial. They're they're you know, they're sweet. They, they like to hang out. Cats are more like they're on their own wavelength. They're kind of doing their own thing. Non-communicative yeah. many times. That's yeah. this. So I say women are more like dogs. We're more interested. Um, we're very observant. We have a higher emotional IQ than guys do. Like you come away from a situation and I'll say, but did, totally you, true. did you see or did you notice this about that person? Greg I'll be talking to someone. Entirely. I'll think, oh, that person's great. Yes, but did you notice this? Uh, no, I didn't notice yeah. that. She'll pick up on things yeah. I miss all the time. So I think it's a, I think it's a gift, but you got to know girls when to use it and when yeah. to be quiet. <laughs> you can't just hit what your do you husband think it means when with it a barrage says, of words. Like it's talking to a, a wife married to a non-believer. Win them without a word. What does that mean? Do you think? Okay. Well. I, I've studied that passage in, in Peter pretty carefully, and from what I have learned is that at the time when that was written, in the Roman Empire, there was a law that basically was pater familias, and that was men were literally like kings in their home. Women had no rights. They couldn't own property. They had no education. Um, they, if a husband wanted to have his wife divorced or put to death or to be chastened or whatever, there were no rights for women whatsoever. So when Peter is writing this, he is writing to a situation where a woman might be married to a non-believing husband, a, a man who doesn't have the scriptures to inform him. And, and it's so beautiful because what we learn about the, the headship of a man from a biblical perspective is not, it's not to be a king. It's not like you have the platinum card and she has to fly in the back of the plane. It's a servant leadership as Jesus demonstrated, which is he laid down his life for us. He lovingly led. He washed the disciples' feet and said, I am your Lord and Master, and this is the example. So, you know, non-believing men in, in the Roman times would have this unbelievable authority, and Peter is telling them to use your godly lifestyle, use the tools that you have as a woman 
in a situation like that. So without a word, without being overly talkative, overly domineering. And I think the, the situation in society and in culture today is kind of, it's kind of upside down from what it was then. We have men who are unwilling to take the leadership role. So as a result, women become hyper controlling. When there's a leadership vacuum, they'll step in. And if women are um, questioning of the man's authority, if they're always belittling their husband, if they're always um, doubting and resisting their decisions and leadership, you know, husband at some point will step down. And then you have this total imbalance and that is unscriptural and biblical. You know, in our, in our marriage, by and large, Greg and I don't really have that many situations where he has to say, Kathy, we disagree and I am making the decision for the family and for you and what I believe the Lord has shown me. And then I have to submit to that. There's that's so rare in the 40 years, 42 years of marriage. By and large, he asks my opinion. We discuss things together. We reach a compromise, a consensus. But there have been times where Greg has had to make the tough decision. And, you know, I didn't always appreciate that. That is not something that I saw modeled at my home growing up. I didn't have a, a biblical model to see. So I had to learn from Scripture which is really hard to learn to back down. When it comes, push comes to shove, I'm called to submit. And um, what I have discovered over the years is that when, when I did not belittle and question and resist Greg's leadership, one of two things has happened. One is that it's turned out that he has made exactly the right decision And even though me, with all my intuition and with all my abilities to communicate, with all my smarts that I think I have, I was wrong. And then I've seen the Lord show me that. And so don't question Greg. You know, he's been given the responsibility. Pray for him. And if it's not my will, you pray. And there are times when it's worked out so beautifully. It's been exactly the right thing. I remember when we were first married that... um, I was very attached to my kids. I did not want to ever leave them. I did not want to leave Christopher. I didn't want to leave Jonathan. And there were times when Greg would say, Kathy, you know, your marriage to me comes first. You know, the children are going to go eventually and we're going to stay together. And it's going to be you and me. We need to invest in our relationship. I was not happy with that. I thought, they're going to starve to death. They won't eat for anyone but me. <laughs> Something's going to happen. And, you know, it was not easy to go along with Greg's leadership. Hindsight, it was exactly the right thing to do. Invest in your relationship. Put your relationship with your husband above your relationship with your children. And then there were other times when Greg may have made a decision. And he would freely admit that was not the right choice. And what happened as a result? The world didn't fall apart, and um, (laughs) we survived, and he learned a really important lesson, too, and that was sometimes you need to listen to your wife. Listen to your wife, you know? You you would benefit from her perspective and what she has to say. Let me go go back to something you said, because I wonder if some people have questions about that. The relationship between you and your husband, speaking to wives, is more important than that between you and your children. I think some people, no, no, I disagree with that. 
We're not saying that the relationship with your children is not really important. I'll talk about that next time. But there's kind of a, an order yes. of structure there. Yeah. And see, if you in the name of, oh, my children are the most important, neglect your husband, mm -hmm. and then your marriage falls apart, mm -hmm. that's the worst thing that can happen to your kids. To your children. But if you keep your marriage strong and vibrant, yeah. loving your wife, loving mm -hmm. your husband, that's the best gift you can give to your kids. So that's yes. what we're saying by that. Well, and doesn't the scripture say that a, that a man and a woman were there leave their father and mother and yeah. to cleave to one another? And that cleaving is not a temporary cleaving. That's a permanent cleaving. As long as you are both alive, you are to cleave yeah. to one another, whereas your children, as the scriptures rightly say, will leave their father yeah. and mother, establish their own households. They will have their own families. And, and you've so, set an example for them to then repeat. Yes. And with that's, their kids. And, and women, we are teaching, we are teaching our daughters. We're teaching our sons about these very important yeah. biblical roles that culture does not understand at all. Would you um, close with prayer and maybe pray for the ladies here? Some of there's girls listening right now. They're going, yeah, I like what she says. That's biblical. Some girls are going, what? <laughs> she said, what? I don't know if I agree with that. But you know, honestly, you're kind of disagreeing with scripture because that's all we're sharing here. But we're also sharing how this has worked for us in 42 years of marriage. So these are not theories. These are biblical principles that we found to be true, not just in our marriage, but have seen in so many others. But maybe pray for the ladies and pray for their marriages in general uh, right now. There's so much more that could be said about all of these things, yeah. girls. And I would suggest that you get into a Bible study, get in a circle of friends who yeah. understand these things, um, find a mentor, find someone with a, a biblical marriage that you admire and respect and learn because you're not going to learn this anywhere else. But yeah. I'd be happy to pray. Okay, pray. Lord, we are so grateful that you have not left us without a roadmap. You have not left us without instructions and beautiful instructions that if we read them rightly and understand that when you speak of submission, you modeled it for us. Jesus, you came into this world and though you were Lord and Master, you humbled yourself and looked out for our interests above your own. You put our needs above your own and that is what we are called to model both husbands and wives and for that we need the empowering of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, these are things that fly contrary to every fiber of our natural being. It is not normal to be selfless. It is not normal to think of others above ourselves. But we know that as we become more like you, your Holy Spirit that dwells in us is transforming us and changing our priorities. And that, Lord, you promise us that if we would humble ourselves and be obedient, that you would watch out for us and that ultimately it would lead to a beautiful and a fulfilling and a happy life. So, Lord, we do ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to live lives that will be pleasing to you as women, as wives, as singles and that you would have sway in every decision, in every action, every word that we would speak, especially in our marriages. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's thank Kathy for coming out. Pastor Greg Laurie and his wife Kathy with practical insight for the Christian home. Glad you've joined us for this special presentation today here on The New Beginning. 
You know, Pastor Greg, I think I've heard you say that God never wastes our pain. Mm-hmm. When we face painful times, it's not for nothing. Right. God can use it sometimes in pretty miraculous ways. Sure. And we have a resource available right now that discusses that, don't we? Dave, that's true. God has a purpose in the things that he either does or allows in our life. And I know there are times when things don't make sense. Hey, I've had those times too, like, Lord, what are you doing? Why did you allow this to happen? What is the purpose of this? And frankly, there are some things I don't have an answer on that. You know, when I look back on our son going to be with the Lord 13 years ago, I I still question that. I still wish that had never happened. But having said that, I can look back on the time since then, and I can see how God has changed me, and he's changed my wife, and he's changed our son. Our son was actually not walking with the Lord, and that event of his brother going to be with the Lord just woke him up spiritually, and he He's committed himself to Christ. In fact, now he's a pastor at our church. I can look at how Kathy and I were willing to go and do things we'd never done before and take risks we'd never taken before and and try things we'd never tried before. So I've said, man, I wish I could have all these good things that happen without my son dying. I wish he could have been here with us for this. But there are some questions that will never be answered this side of heaven. But look, don't waste your pain. You can take your pain and you can use it as a tool to help others. You know, the Apostle Paul says that he comforts with the comfort that he himself has been comforted with. And I've found that I am able to bring words of comfort and assurance to others who've lost loved ones. And speaking of losing loved ones, we have a very special book that has just come out, a brand new book, that we want to offer to you that will bring comfort to you in your times of difficulty. It's written by the whole Tony Evans family. Now, you know Tony Evans. He's on the radio with this program, Urban Alternative, and he's a prolific author. But he wrote this book along with his daughters, Crystal and Priscilla, and his sons, Anthony and Jonathan. This is a wonderful, godly family. And a lot of that is due to the powerful influence of their mother, Lois. And Lois went to be with the Lord recently. So the whole family got together and wrote about the impact of this event on their life. In this book, they call Divine Disruption, subtitled Holding On to Faith When Life Breaks Your Heart. I want to send you this book. It's going to be an encouragement to you or someone you know. And maybe you don't feel like you need a book like this right now. Well, you may need it sooner than you realize. Let me send it to you for your gift of any size, and whatever you send in return will be invested by us so we can reach new people in new places with the hopeful message of the gospel. So whatever you can do is greatly appreciated. Now, some of you can send a lot. Be generous if you can. Some of you maybe can only send a little. But whatever you send, I'll send you back a copy of this brand new book, Divine disruption. And we have your copy waiting for you right now. Let us get this on its way to you. What a healing resource for you or for someone you know who's in pain right now. What a great personal ministry on your part to get this book and gift it to them with your prayers. We'll send you the book Divine Disruption to thank you for your donation. It's an investment in helping us bring the hope of the gospel each day here on A New Beginning. So get in touch today. You can find us online at harvest.org. 
or call us anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-800-821-3300. Again, that's 1-800-821-3300. Well, next time, more insights from Pastor Greg's series called Home Sweet Home, practical insights for Christian parents. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. The preceding podcast was made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn how to become a Harvest Partner, sign up for daily devotions, and find resources to help you grow in your faith at Harvest.org.